It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And now, as he doubled as a hula dancer in the movie about Gilligan's Island, here he is, Dr. History. You know, I wondered how he was going to transition from an island to the Old West. It was really bad. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> how you doing, Zeb? I'm not bad, but you know, um, you know, that's interesting that you should say that. Transition from uh, the islands and hula girls and go to the Old West. Um, of course, they had dance hall girls in the Old West, of which you reported on before very carefully oh i mean put one foot ahead of the other <laughs> what are you going to talk about today my friend well you know uh we've talked a little bit about butch cassidy and the sundance kid yes but i'm going to talk about the myth and the mystery regarding that whole situation well you mean like we kind of alluded to it before but okay. i'm going to go through uh, more of the details today. All right, so now, are you a believer in, uh, up front, we've already talked about Billy the Kid, and I told you that I do not think that he died at the hands of Pat Garrett. I think, actually, Pat Garrett let him go. Um, I don't think that uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid died in South America. I think they lived to be a ripe old age here in this country. I'm going against some of the grain. Okay, but but you and I agree, and I think once I get through this story, uh, you'll I think you'll lean that way still more. Okay, go ahead. So, all right. Well, we're going to start out with uh, you know the situation looked pretty hopeless for Butch and the Sundance Kid. They were uh, wounded, but they were in good spirits. The two Robin Hood outlaws loaded up their Colt forty fives. They made a few jokes strapped on their extra ammunition belts and courageously ran into approximately 20,000 angry bullets fired by Bolivian troops. And thus, two of the most successful outlaws in the Old West met their maker outside a dingy South American cantina. But is that really what happened? Now, the movie, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, portrays, portrays it that way. The scholars, I mean, all down through time, have been divided on this. Now, some suggest that Butch and Sundance were, in fact, killed in San Vicente, Bolivia in 1908. Mm -hmm. Now, others, however, suggest that two clever banditos lived to a ripe old age, probably here in the United States. So, so let's, we'll go back there. Uh, by 1900, the Old West had become a little too civilized and also a little bit too hot for the Wild Bunch. I mean, there are famous hideouts like uh, Robber's Roost, Hole in the Wall. Uh, they weren't safe anymore. Uh, roads and telephones made escaping from the, the job a little more difficult. The Pinkerton Detective Agency and law officials had become more of a threat. Uh, Butch Cassidy told his associates in crime that the law had become too acquainted with how they were doing business. Well, you know, one yeah. of the facts is, Doc, just a minute, one of the things that really, really spoiled uh, Butch Cassidy and, and uh, the Sundance Kid on their supposed hiding away at the hole in the wall is when they started having every Wednesday visits from the Schwanzman. 
you know, you can follow that truck, you know, pretty easily. <laughs> and, you know, Butcher was a little nervous. He, you know, he didn't want to get caught or, or have him, you know, get killed. I mean, you know, he was an outlaw, but he didn't want to get killed. So in February of 1901, Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, and Etta Place boarded a ship for South America. Mm-hmm. Now, for a time, they apparently tried living a quiet life. Uh, they bought a large ranch in Patagonia near the Chilean border. It's about 750 miles south of Buenos Aires. Well, both Cassidy and Sundance, they were good stockmen. Um, and they knew how to raise cattle. But And their ranch prospered. Uh, Etta kept a neat house and was a reportedly a good cook. And for the next four years, Sundance and Etta made several trips back to the United States. Uh, but uh, because the trail was thousands of miles away from home, from the United States, they didn't bother to hide the location of where they were on their ranch. So they wrote letters to friends and family back home, and what they didn't know was that the Pinkertons had been bribing the local post officials to open up mail to family and known friends. Well, with this, they obtained, uh, obviously illegally by mail tampering, the uh, where they thought they were. So they uh, hired a guy by the name of Detective Frank Damio to, and sent him to Buenos Aires to investigate. Well, by 1904, Butch and Sundance realized that they'd been a little too careless with their correspondence, and they'd have to move on. So, And they were getting a little bored and restless with the quiet life of a ranch anyway, so they put the ranch up for sale, and it was per- purchased by an Englishman. And as they left Argentina, they decided to start off with a bank, so they robbed a bank. And after they closed out their account at that same bank, I was going to say yes. Um, and they made a good haul, probably about what would be equivalent to a hundred thousand dollars today. And then they hit a number of other banks, and uh, as usual, the robberies were well planned. There's evidence that actually Etta dressed up, strapped on a six shooter, and joined the boys in the robbery. Uh, she actually was, uh, you know, probably part of the, the gang when they were doing the robberies. And she was but very attractive too, by the way. Yeah. And but some and she was a good horsewoman, uh, like I say, an excellent shot. But sometime right ne- around 1906, Etta left South America, and some say that she may have gone to Denver. Uh, some think that maybe Sundance uh, and her just kind of just decided to call it quits. Mm-hmm. So she left. So Butch and Sundance, uh, they continued to do pretty well down in South America. But things were starting to heat up, you know, thanks to their crime spree. So. In 1906 or 7, they decided to let things cool down a bit. So they took jobs at the Concordia Tin Mines at Trace Crucis in Bolivia. And uh, the two outlaws were considered really good employees. Uh, They worked hard. They pleased their employees with hard work. And ironically, they actually helped guard the payroll uh, from bandits. Oh, boy. So, you know, and who better to guard the payroll than two bandits? There you go. uh, uh, neither Butch nor Sundance would think of stealing from an outfit that they worked for. So, I mean, they did have a code of ethics, after all. They were, you know, they had some standards. Uh, but by 1908, the outlaws had given notice to the Concordia mine, and they went back to their old profession full-time. Um, I mean, being a company man and employed just was too dull. So, anyway, they made themselves quite unpopular with the train officials, the mining people, the law enforcement but what they'd do is they'd pull off a, a robbery and they'd go into the Andes and hide while they were being looked for. So mm-hmm. Now, evidently, there were two bandits 
and we're not absolutely sure if there was Butch and Sundance couldn't resist the temptation of a rather large payroll. So, with bandanas covering their faces, colts in hand, they robbed the mule train carrying the loot near uh, somewhere in Bolivia. But they fled into the rugged mountains, but two days later they found themselves in the Bolivian town of San Vicente. Uh-huh. Now, what happened and how it happened is still open to some debate, but uh, if this was indeed uh, Butch's uh, operation, he got a little careless. And normally he would have been more careful. He would have camped in the bush for a, a while and watching the back trail, letting things cool off, uh, just making sure they weren't being followed. But they got a little anxious for a bed and breakfast, you know, a bed and a meal, and and they were well-armed, but uh, as they went into San Vicente, they um, inadvertently asked the local policeman where they could stay. Well, he directed them to a local inn, and the two outlaws unloaded their mules and ordered some food, and just, again, I, I, I'm thinking they were a little careless if it was indeed Butch and Sundance, but the policeman recognized some of the mules that belonged to a good friend. Now, the policeman also knew that the mine payroll had been robbed by two well-armed Yankees, and there was a group of soldiers that was camped outside of town. So the local man sent word to the officer in charge and asked for help. Well, it wasn't long before uh, soldiers had taken position around the cantina. Now, of course, you know, if you can picture the old movie, uh, a gun battle uh, of pretty high intensity ensued, and this is where the story gets a little bit crazy. Uh, I mean, the battle might have lasted all night, it might have lasted an hour, it might have lasted five minutes. Uh, some say that the kid took a bullet and Butch dragged him back into the cantina, and no one is sure. Others proposed that when the situation was hopeless that Butch shot his partner and then used the last round on himself because he didn't want to be taken alive. Mm -hmm. Now, the two men in question were killed in this gunfight and buried in an Indian cemetery close by. Mm -hmm. One local tradition suggests that at least one of the dead men was a Chilean guy. Uh Uh-oh. Now, the mine's payroll was found among the dead men's belongings, and some accounts say the soldiers also found a a Tiffany watch that could have belonged to Etta. Uh, They don't know. But neither the soldiers nor the police identified the bodies very carefully, and the mine got the payroll back, the men were dead, everybody was happy. Now, for a while, there was a lot of skepticism about the shooting, but it uh, kind of became accepted that Butch and Sundance had been killed. Now, South American newspapers, which are even less reliable than American, told how two Yankee bandits had met their end, and many of the circumstances in in the accounts were contradictory. Uh, American officials were pretty certain that at least one of the dead men had been a wild bunch, but there was just too many holes in the story and uh, too many rumors. Now, were Butch and Sundance at San Vicente at all? Well, could Butch and Sundance have somehow switched places with the other men at the last minute and escaped? Were they able to bribe someone and get out of the hacienda before the shooting was over? Could someone else have dressed up in their clothes before or after they were shot? Um, Was this one of Butch's plans to keep the South American authorities off his trail? Could the two dead men be another pair of outlaws known to be working in the area? Uh, if the dead men were other outlaws, did Butch and Sundance just take advantage of the situation and plan a, a quick retirement? Well, and so those are all the questions that we don't have answers to. Well, and here's the now, thing, too. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you right there. Uh, these guys weren't stupid. I do not want the general public to think at all that Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid were dumb because they were highly intelligent, very smart, uh, both had an amazing sense of humor. And of all the things that I've read about both 
these gentlemen, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, it leads me to think that they knew the heat was on. And they also had a plan that they could come back to the United States with the general populace thinking they had died in Bolivia and live and flourish here in the United States and the Pinkertons and everybody else would leave them alone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, in that last robbery, as I mentioned, uh, if it had been Butch, he would have been much more careful in the planning and operation. He wouldn't have been so careless. But, you know, as late as the 1920s, the Pinkerton Detective Agency still assumed the outlaws were living in South America. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, now here's the other side of that story a little bit. Uh, letters to friends and families stopped almost instantly, but there's explanation for that, too. The men probably figured out that mail was no longer safe. Now, further, how do we explain the number of unrelated but seemingly credible Butch and Sundance sightings? Right. Now, in, in Sundance's family, most of them believe that he died in Bolivia. Now, Butch's side of the family, they tell of family visits occurring after he supposedly died. Didn't one of those uh, take place in Utah? What's that? I did, didn't one of those sightings from the family take place in Utah, didn't it? Well, yeah, let, let me just t go through some of these sightings uh, that happened really all over. Uh, some of his friends from the Wild Bunch said that he visited them after San Vicente. Now, Butch's sister says that around 1925, mm -hmm. Butch arrived at the family ranch for a visit. And Butch visited with his father, several of his brothers. Uh, and he basically said he was ashamed of what he'd done, that he spent a good, time, good deal of time in Mexico where Sundance and Etta were living. Um, his brothers and sisters asked him about the shootout, and he told them that he'd learned more about it since coming back to the States than he ever knew down south. He said a good friend in Bolivia had told officials that dead bodies were his and Sundance's, hoping to give his friends a second chance. So Butch told his family that he'd been to Europe, he'd been to Alaska in his travels, and so the family agreed to keep this as a family secret. And it wasn't until the 1970s that Lula, uh, which I believe was a sister, broke the family silence in a book uh, called Butch Cassidy, My Brother. Right. And the book sold well, but the, fa the Parker family didn't back her up. They, it, this was a family secret. Right. Now, another sighting is uh, he's reported to visit both of the Bassett sisters from Brown's Hole uh, on several occasions. Ann Bassett and her husband said they had a reunion with the Wild Bunch leader at uh, Butch's cabin in Nevada. Mm. Now, Josie Bassett uh, told of several visits. Another guy, Matt Warner, uh, who was a former member of the Wild Bunch, had a daughter named Joyce, and uh, said that uh, Joyce talks about the visits from Butch Cassidy. Uh, another guy, Tom Vernon of Bags, Wyoming, said that Butch visited him around the same time um, on one of his trips to Wyoming. Which one? Uh, which... Re reunited with his old outlaw friend, Elza Lay, and... Uh, uh, you know, none of Butch's friends would have thought twice about lying to protect him. Yeah. So they would have, you know, denied ever seeing him. But uh, now there's also some evidence that there were some fake Butches who went about pretending to be the old outlaw. But, you know, people that knew him, they knew, they knew yeah. who he was. So, um, now, another circulated story was that Butch spent some time in Spain.
Spokane as a businessman. Hmm. Now, the, the, here's the real kicker that uh, uh, there were two researchers that, researchers that wanted to lay this mystery to rest. So they went to Bolivia, they dug up some bodies, uh, the team had permission to take the bones back to Oklahoma where they could study them scientifically and have an analysis performed. And from the DNA, from the remains, uh, neither set matched up. Really? Nor Sundance. Oh, my. So the researchers basically believe, well, it, it, we just dug up the wrong graves. Mm. And uh, so the DNA proof isn't there. Um, like I say, we can, we can list the pro and the con of the, the reasons why they did die, but we can equally look at reasons why they didn't die. All right, let me ask you this question. Uh, which one was it, uh, Butch Cassidy or the Sundance Kid, was in a restaurant, I believe it was in New York City, and I can't remember the exact circumstances, and I believe that uh, they were having breakfast, and somebody walked up, and there were, uh, oh, probably 30, 40 people in the room, and said, Butch, how are you? And they started talking to him, and I guess uh, Butch Cassidy had to do all he could to try to shut the guy up, and finally excused himself and walked out. And there was a sighting right after that in New York City. Have you heard that story? You know, I haven't heard that particular one, but uh, but I have heard of uh, some sightings back east, which could correlate with exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. But you know, when you talk so, about like proof was not there. Uh, you know, the letters to the family and friends. Right. And if you want to say that they, di they died, the letters quit. The robbery sort of followed Butch's operation. Uh, they did find some personal effects, but, you know, again, if you were trying to fake things, you would leave personal effects on these other two bodies. Absolutely. And that just makes sense. You they know... Left that that would hopefully identify them as being Butch and Sundance. Well, when you look at the overall picture of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and the myths and the truths, actually, the truths are far more, um, they're harder to absorb than some of the myths because these guys, like right. I said, they were not dumb. And uh, for all the different uh, relatives and all the different friends to have cited those two long after their supposed demise in South America, it leads me to think just like I said with Billy the Kid, I'm not sure that history has got it correct. Well, and there's there's actually doubt if there was even a shootout. There's actually, uh, I mean, that's not even a, a proven fact that there was even a shootout, hmm. uh, according to uh, some of the research I've done. Right. So, you're right. There's just a lot of holes in this whole this whole theory. You know that they that they died, and again, you mentioned it. You know they were pretty sharp guys. Yeah. And if they wanted to uh, leave that life and and come back to the states, they would have to have a way to say they were dead. Well, that who, would be the only way. Who else in uh, the old West besides Billy the Kid and besides Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid that comes to mind off the top of your head? Uh, really, the myth said one thing, but history might have said another. Well, Jesse James. Yep, that's right. Uh, you know, I mean, that's another one that, uh, again, has got a few holes in the theory of what really happened to Jesse James. And, and so. Jesse James is a classic case of, uh, you know, Mr. Howard, they call him the coward, went up and shot right. Jesse in the back of the head and everything. And I've read numerous accounts by some really reputable authors that have said that is absolutely hogwash. Yeah. 
and that's another one where, as I recall, that uh, they could not, I think they lost the body, or they, mm -hmm. uh, I, I can't remember exactly, but uh, I don't know if they actually had the right body, or they knew where he was, I'm, I'm not sure on that one. You know, people don't realize, though, and Doc, I've only got a minute left, so respond to this, but people don't realize, here today, in this age of computer technology and DNA and everything, it has been made so much easier for us, our generation, etc. But look back 150 years, how easy, honestly, it would have been to pull the wool over history. Oh, sure. And, and because so much was not written, you know, until years and years later, just like Lula the, uh, wrote that book about books in, what, 1970, you know, how many years passed? over those years that she for, maybe things she forgot and who knows yeah it's, it's an interesting theory but I lean towards what you said I lean towards that they got away and maybe I'm just a romanticist I don't know yeah I still yeah. think though that Billy the Kid uh, lived to be into the 1940s and quite frankly uh, was the personage of Brushy Bill Roberts I honestly believe that yeah Anyway, uh, got to run, but I want to say you hit a home run today. I mean, you're better than Babe Ruth. You really hit it out of the park. That was an excellent analogy of what happened. Thank you again, Dr. Ken Turner, dear friend, and Dr. History segment. God bless. Have oh, and by the way, um, I didn't have time this morning, but I wanted to share next week. Do you mind if I uh, read that poem that you had written, Ode to My Countrymen? <laughs> well, it's kind of... I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. It's kind of goofy, but... No, I, I absolutely respect you for it, and I just wanted to ask permission and kind of embarrass you by asking permission on the air. What could you say? <laughs> anyway, God bless you, and we'll talk to you next week. Right. Thank you so yeah, much. Day, Thank you, sir. Dear, dear friend, a nice guy, Dr. Ken Turner. Thank you so much.